everybody, and welcome to End of the Basement. This is Jess Hanna. And I'm Adrian Hanna. And tonight we're going to talk about murder. murder. First, we're going to talk about, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about murder the whole Eventually. time. Eventually. Probably. Um, but I just want to talk about the fact that it's October, and I love October, and it is Halloween month. Yay. And That is my favorite holiday. I know it is. In my favorite season. I. It's a great season, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we do in October, because I am terrible. I well. Guess. I'm not terrible. But That's debatable. Is that we watch horror movies every night. Yeah, we If we, we do. can. So we've been kind of on and off because we've been busy, but for the most part, we've been watching lots of horror movies. Yeah, we've been blasting through. I mean, we've hit the Scream series so far, yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and then we just started to break into the Friday the 13th series. But we we took a break to watch Cra- The Craft because it's mm, been like right. 10 years since the last time I saw The Craft. Yeah, that's a good movie. I feel like it, it holds up. Well, it's a definitely a uh, a uh, 90s movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, what with the outfits and all of the music and everything. It is the most 90s movie of all time. Oh, I don't think that's true. Mm, I think if you watch, like, Empire Records or if you watched, uh, uh, what was the one with Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke? Oh, I don't remember the name of it, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like, that's a pretty, pretty Gen, Gen, Gen X? Gen X movie. Sure. Whoever was in high school four years before we were, whatever. My cousins are Gen X. My sister Steph is probably a Gen X, but anyway. So we have been doing that, and it's been really fun and interesting, and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, so I don't know why I'm talking about Well, I mean, there's murder involved. There is lots of murder. Um, and actually, it, it does have a little bit to do with what we're talking about tonight, because I wanted to do a kind of horror movie-esque murder series murder this evening and i think i've got it but i had to go back so we're entering the way back machine the way way back machine which is a thing that everybody says now it feels like but we're going all the way back to post-civil war kansas whoa so we're going to about the time period where the end of the civil war happens and we're going to kansas which i wanted to talk about because adrian's going to know a lot about this too i think kansas was in the early 1860s to the in the early 1860s Kansas became a state right and they were at the time I just want I kind of want to talk about Kansas because it's a kind of important for what we're going to talk about tonight right because it takes place in Kansas and Kansas was a very interesting part of the country at this time in our history I think anything on on that side of the country at that time was pretty interesting but Kansas in particular because Kansas was up for grabs okay they became a state in 1861, and the struggle between pro and anti-slave factions was literally happening in Kansas. Like, the, there was bloody stuff happening in Kansas before the Civil War broke out. Gotcha. So, and the reason for that is because Kansas was pretty pro, or was pretty anti-slavery. Okay. Because it's kind of, it's pretty northern. Right. But because it borders Missouri. Missouri. It was a bunch of Missouri people would come in and like fake vote. So they like cheat the vote. Like, I don't know. But in addition to that, there were like literal battles fought in Kansas at the time. Okay. And so it was, it actually got the name Bleeding Kansas because of this. Interesting. So every, nobody, nobody was out without fault. This is literally like both sides have good and bad people kind of thing. Like this was like, everybody was like, fighting each other, killing each other. There's a famous guy, I think, who, who I, I don't know for sure, but there was this really famous anti, or really famous abolitionist who would, like, his idea of, like, 
abolishing slavery was like kill every slave owner. Okay. He was fucking crazy. Gotcha. Um, but there were also, you know, people on the other side who were, they just wanted everyone to believe what they were saying. So they would go and they would, and especially in Kansas, because it hadn't decided if it was going to be a pro or anti-slavery state yet. Right. So they, that was what they were, that's what they were fighting for. They and were, this is, this is in the this time is be- leading up to it this becoming is- a state. This is bef- while in the time leading up for in the 50s, in the okay. 1850s. And then in 1861, when it became a state, they went anti-slavery. Right. Thank God. Because we always love it when people go anti-slavery. We don't like slavery in this house. I hope that's not controversial. In this house being the United States, hopefully. <laughs> um, so that being said, because it was a new state, now we're going to switch into a little bit less about the slavery stuff. Um, so because it was... Um, kind of on the cusp of the east to the west. People were starting to come into Kansas because it just become a state and they okay. want people were starting to So they're to, trying to get people to settle. They're trying to get people to settle. Gotcha. So um part of that is that in May 1968, sorry, 1862, um Congress passed what's called the Homestead Act. Okay. And you are probably familiar with the Homestead Act. I am. It's any person over the age of 21 who is the head of the family and the citizen and a citizen of the United States is allowed to settle a piece of land, improve it, and after five years of living there and improving and you know cultivating it, they will then own the land. So people were like rushing to these border states in order to stake their claims. Right. Unfortunately, in Kansas, we had the Osage Indian tribes who were had. At this point, pre-1965, they had kind of the run of the place. There was no reservation situation going on at that time. But in 1865, they signed a treaty. The U.S. government signed a treaty with the Osage Indians, and they agreed to move their lands into Kansas and Oklahoma a little further, and they were basically deeded a reservation. Right. Well, um, but a huge reservation. I like, mean, it was all, it was half of Kansas and all of Oklahoma. Or something well, like yeah, that. You, you you know the history of Oklahoma, right? Go ahead. Like, the history of Oklahoma is basically that was the dumping ground for the federal government for uh, Indian tribes. Like, that's where they were like, oh, well, we want settlers in, you know, this place or that place. So let's just move all the indigenous people back to Oklahoma and they get a little bit of the land and we'll just give them a reservation and say, yeah, this is your land now kind of thing. And this is pretty much what I'm talking about. So white families began to stream into Kansas. It's uh, it, it's why in uh, there's there's so many uh, um, Native Americans in, in Oklahoma still to this day. Um, because historically that was just the U.S. government's dumping ground for, for, for uh, uh, Indians. Well, I'm going to give you a, a shit thing that they did. Okay, so... And I am sh- going to be not surprised. Um, so white families began streaming into, into the areas that were designated Osage Indian okay. areas. And they would just stake their claims because they were under the impression that they could stake any claim that they wanted to right. live on it for five years and get their land. Right. So, but well, who cares about these, yeah. you know, dirty Indians? Uh. Exactly. I mean, I think it was definitely like one of the biggest cases of gentrification ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in 1870, due to this, this pressure and insistence from the settlers that natives be removed from the land, the United States government put together a treaty called the Drum Creek Treaty that, you're going to love this, Adrian, the Osage Indians had 8 million acres of reserve land Okay. prior to this. Mm-hmm. 
They took that 8 million acres of land and then gave them 78,000 acres of land. Well, I mean, it's not fair. You know, the Osage Indians, they, they, they had all the good land. We want the good land. That's not fair. Some bullshit. Yeah. But, Adrian, it's okay because they, they built the Osage Trail and they named it after them. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes up for it. It, it totally makes up yep. for it, right? Totally. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so anyway, so... Unfortunately, that's where the Indian stuff ends, but I just wanted to back Oh, I was hoping that this is going to be like some like burial ground go- oh. ghost haunting <laughs> murder everybody for the avenging the Indians kind of story, but No, unfortunately, I it's am not. disappointed. But uh, oh well. <laughs> maybe it'll be better. Uh anyway, so they put together this Osha's trail that went uh from let me from oh, it's somewhere in my notes, but I don't um, with that much land for the taking, plenty of white settlers showed up and they, of course, made this Osage Trail um, that went basically from like Fort Hood to Indep- Independence to Fort Hood or some shit like that. It was. Okay. Um, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, OK. The trail went from Independence, Kansas, to Fort Scott, not Fort Hood. I don't okay. I think I think Fort Hood is somewhere entirely different. It's not in Kansas. Um and so it was based, this was basically the gateway to the West. So people would go to Independence, and that's where we know a lot of people started out when they went even further West. Independence was like the place you started. Wasn't that one of the jumping off points for the Oregon Trail? I believe so, okay. yes. Eventually. Um, but actually, it may have been already... Everything I know about history, I learned from video games. That's right. So this was the setting. And the Don- Donner Party. And the Donner Party. <laughs> Thank you, last podcast on the left. <laughs> um, so this was a setting for the arrival of a father and son, John... And John, John Sr. and John Jr. Bender. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Benders? Uh, outside of Futurama, no. Okay. So in the fall of 1870, they they came to the area on the Osage Trail between Cherryvale and Independence, Kansas. Mm. Okay. The Elder Bender. So this is one of the places where you could just claim whatever you want. Okay. So John Sr. claimed a 160-acre plot. To just show up, I feel like like in those days when you, you you would just show up and just yell dibs as loud as you could. I mean, I think you you talk to people who were already there. So he, they stopped and they talked to a guy at a trading post and they said, "Hey, we're here to do the thing." Yep. And the guy was like, "All right, go off and here's I've... all the plots that are already yeah. staked." Essentially, that's yeah. what he, he told them where what was staked and what wasn't staked. And so he pointed at the map and he was just like, mm, "Dibs." And they're and, like, all right, cool. Yeah, cool. So he so he claimed a 168 acre patch, which I think was standard, the 160 acres. Um, it in the northeast of this area. We're in Labette County of Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then the sun actually only claimed a mile long, one eighth mile swatch on the north of his father's claim, which it doesn't Everything I've read, there's nothing like, it wasn't like there was a forest there or like a, like water there or anything like that. He just chose this really tiny piece of land just to extend out his parents' property a little bit further. And there may be some reason for that, but I don't, I didn't find any reason for it anywhere. So he had a dream one night that there was gold there or something. Well, no, I I don't think there was gold in Kansas. I don't know. He was just some, anyway, so together they built and this is, when I think about this, because this is about the size of our living room, and maybe even the size of the room we're in right now, a 16 by 24 foot structure. Okay. So this is like... I feel like that's pretty big for the time. I mean, but this is, this. the thing is, is that they are planning on doing their residence, mm-hmm. an inn okay. type thing, 
an inn back then at some of these places, these these trail places. I don't think it meant an inn. I think it just meant you can sleep on our floor for t- like two, like uh, a, like a hostel. Cents. Yeah, essentially. Kind of um, and they were gonna have like a grocery in it. Okay. It was about a hundred yards off the trail, which some accounts say you could see it, and that that was a, a good amount of a good amount off the trail. And some people say you couldn't see it from the trail. It doesn't okay. seem like it would make sense for it to not be seen off the trail because then you would never get any business. Right. If, if you're an inn and a supply store, which is essentially what a grocery store was at yeah. the time, you'd want to be like basically right off the trail. I mean, think about like like right now, like modern times, like when we go driving around, you know, you're driving down the highway and you see an exit and they say there was a McDonald's there and you're like, oh, cool, McDonald's. But then you get up to the exit and you can't see the McDonald's anywhere. You're like, man, I'm not going to stop here. I don't. No. The McDonald's is probably like two miles off of the highway. No. So. Under the structure, they formed, they took a, like a seven foot slab of rock, which I'm trying to imagine this. I feel like it's like a limestone or something. Just a, just a slab of rock, a flat slab of rock. And they stick it on the bottom and they dig themselves up a cellar. Okay. It's about seven feet deep, seven feet wide. So not very big, probably pretty standard for the time. Nobody probably thought a thing of it. Right. They did this. Right. Um, above it, they installed in the, in the, in the structure they installed a trap door over it okay you could pull up with like a leather strap so probably Again, pretty standard yeah probably you know, not. you're gonna put your your cool stuff you want to keep cool down it's, there it's a root cellar yeah yeah um and then of course they had cell doors going outside to well, the cellar I mean, so obviously access it. yeah i it's pretty i feel like I'm, I'm explaining this in a way that's like okay jess it's pretty standard shut the fuck up about the the cellar i'm done about the cellar okay so, they built. They built a cellar. There was there was an uh, egress point into the the building and out to the exterior. Yes. So so then, John Junior made a sign for the business, and he's a real real poor speller. And I he, feel like everyone was at the time. And he scribbled and kind of poor lettering. G R O C R Y. G R O C R Y. Grocery. Okay. And nailed it above the front door. Grocery. <laughs> they also built a stable. Grocry. They it's built... Gro- Grover's Crying Place. <laughs> they also built a stable and a barn. Okay. Because they were going to live there, so they needed to get cows and pigs and things right. like that. And it's like having a garage yeah, now. And stable for for the people who stayed with them. Uh, and then they planted a scattering of apple trees. And the way it's because de- why not? Well, the way it's described later on is that it was like they threw seeds and just kind of let this they didn't cultivate it they just like threw the seeds and hoped that the one of them, a few of them it's like the when i plant flowers in our backyard like i just throw the seeds down and pray you know i mean like it probably it just sounds like probably they were not well versed in uh agriculture so to speak and so somebody was like oh here here's some apple seeds if you throw them down on the ground you can have apple trees and they're like cool <laughs> They, they clearly needed the guidance of Johnny Appleseed. They did. It's too bad he wasn't around, but it, it maybe wouldn't have gone so well for Johnny Appleseed. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, so a few months later, the girls showed up in December or January 1870 or 1871. The two women of the house, mother, um, she's Elvira or Elmira, depending on the source. Okay. And, and that's John Sr.'s wife. That's John Sr.'s wife. Okay. And then her, their daughter, or the daughter, Kate. Okay. And they show up. So... The ladies put the finishing touches on the on the house. They hung a wagon canvas across the room. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a civil Civil War era times interior decorating. <laughs> and I I think it was it was meant to like keep the front from the back. Okay. So it was like 
maybe their personal space from the front space. That's what I've always imagined that they had like the, the seating for the people just who came to eat. partitioning it off because, you yeah. know, the feng shui and, and, and all that. Or it may have another reason we might find about, out about later. So, and then of course, Kate can spell a little better than her brother. And so she wrote groceries in nice print on the other side and nailed it back up. So now we have proper, I mean, it's gross and dirty and definitely like a. Well, I mean, it's frontier it's frontier living. it's frontier stuff it's not it's not beautiful don't imagine a beautiful storefront this was a dirt floor with you know a probably a half-ass table and a couple of things strewn about hey you can buy this if you want it you know that sort of you could stay here for the night if you want da, 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 da. so now let's talk a little bit about the benders i'm going to introduce you to the benders there are german immigrants john and elvira had severe it's they're described as guttural accents and i mean okay. that's a german is a guttural language so mm-hmm. it's not surprising they had guttural accents and they that kept most people from understanding them but for the most part they didn't understand english anyway they were very they spoke really just german um and it's likely that they weren't actually related in the way they claim so it's put already a- starting off with the lies yes yeah. so it's put across that john junior or john senior and ma bender were married and i think that they were i don't i don't think that that is up for any debate but there's a question more about... like jan senior and elvmira but there's some debate as to whether or not kate and john were that if john was his son and if kate was her her daughter and that they just kind of all lived together or it could just be or it could be that john and kate were married john jr and kate were married because people say that they were they seem to be more than brother and sister. They mm. seem to be closer than brother and sister. But also it's been said in a few sources that apparently incest wasn't uncommon at this time. So it, whatever it comes down to. Hey, man, if you can't keep it in your pants, keep it in the family. But what is clear is that Kate was, at the very least, even if she wasn't banging around with John, other men dug her. So she had lots of suitors. So it was they were putting up a front whether she was married to him or not. Right. So... John Bender Sr. was a big man. He was, at this time, being anywhere, being six feet tall, which is what he was, was fucking giant. With a heavy beard, a sullen expression, long hair, and deeply set, piercing black eyes. Ooh. Yeah. That's He's terrifying. scary as shit. Yeah. yeah. He's got huge, bushy, brushy, br- huge, bushy brows that earned him the nickname Old Beetle Brow John. People described him as wild and wooly looking. Nice. So he's like a proper frontiersman. He's right. big. He's ready for this stuff. So John Jr. was tall, slender, and handsome with auburn hair and a mustache. He spoke English fluently with an accent and was less harsh than his parents, but also apparently laughed aimlessly constantly. <laughs> he just giggled all the time. And so people thought he was either slow or they just thought he was weird. So, But that's pretty normal, right? Like that's what you would think if somebody was like, right. every time they saw you, you're like, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? So Elvira was heavy scent unfriendly she was by far like when people talk about this family they fucking hated ma bender um it's a good thing that uh ma and pa bender weren't running the store (laughs) right and they weren't um (laughs) they had such sinister eyes that people called her she devil hey do you guys have like some grain and stuff no get out can we stay here the night yeah outside go away but we'll pay you i don't care ma was a media a medium Okay, Apparently. so like like speaks with the spirits kind yeah. of medium? she spoke to the dead and boiled herbs and roots that she used to cast charms and spells. This is just rumor. Okay. It could be both. You know, that that's people say that, but then she was probably just an old bitch, you know? Yeah, with like a bunch of homeopathic crap for 
healing exactly gout and stuff but then again kate was actually a spiritualist and very common very um outgo outgoing spiritualist and we'll get into that in a second so kate stood apart from the rest of the family because by most accounts every once in a while you'll you'll run into account that says that she was plain or ugly or whatever Mm -hmm. but that's usually after the fact most accounts of the time have her being beautiful she was tall she was. She had auburn. Ha- she either had auburn hair or dark hair with auburn highlights. She was a frontier Kansas nine. She was a frontier Kansas nine, maybe even a ten. <laughs> <laughs> but she was. Con- she was very charismatic. She spoke a- excellent English with almost no accent. And, and she could spell good. She could spell quite well. She had. She excelled socially. She was very good with people. She attended Sunday school with with her brother, and because of that, the two were accepted into the community quite quite easily that's really all you had to do then was show up to church and be nice to people i mean all all jokes aside this sounds like a pretty typical immigrant family you have you know ma and dad from the old country who are you know set in their ways and they don't really like anybody and you know they don't really speak the language of the land but then like the kids are just like they just like bloom into it and they're like we speak we speak the uh, the native tongue really well we're jovial, everyone likes us, and that sort of thing. And it just it seems like we're just, like, describing the uh, the prototypical immigrant family yeah. here. Yeah, like, if you saw this, on, if, you, if this was on a TV program and this was one of the families that was introduced on a Frontier show, you would go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, except for that Kate was, she advertised herself as a spiritualist, which at this time, actually at this time was not that crazy. I'm pretty yeah, sure that, that like, Mary Todd Lincoln was a spiritual. Was yeah, in the spiritualism. I think, I think, I think, I think the, the occult had really, uh, uh, taken hold, uh, globally at this time. Yeah. Cause I think that, that in Europe it was even worse. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm saying worse as in like, like, like everybody like over there was just like in the grips of occultism, like, like. Satanism was a, was a really big thing at this time with like with like the, uh, the 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 upper class and that sort of thing. But I don't know if it was Satanism so much as it as much as it was just spiritualism. Well, I mean, like overall, it was spiritualism. But like the the elite of Europe were all like like they were bored. they yeah, they were bored, and so they were like all into. I mean, I'm I'm saying they were Satanists insofar as like they'd go out on like Sunday night and have their little black mass where they'd get real, real drunk and fuck each other and call it Satanism kind of. But thing. a lot of the stuff that that I'm that that she that Kate does is more on the lines of Christian spiritualism. So this okay. is like seances. I mean, the, the, this is before people were like, you can't like pure, puritanical American uh, acceptable version of 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 occultism. Yeah, like like I believe in God, but also I want to talk to my to my dad, so right. I'm going to go into a seance sort of thing. So she would give lectures on spiritualism. I actually have a picture of her in a crowded room on a stage. It's not a picture; it's a drawing where she's like giving, <laughs> she's giving a um a lecture to a room full of essentially men. By the way. But I think maybe men were the only ones who were allowed to do these things. I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, she claimed psychic powers, including the ability to communicate with the dead and laying on hands to cure many illnesses and infirmities. Uh, she even distributed circulars that proclaimed her skills and through the lecture circuit made a good living. Well, I would imagine so. She was, she was a hot lady talking about spiritualism and she advocated free love. So, you know, these men well, were like, I was going to say, I don't I don't know that that went over that well. I feel like in the West at this time, yeah, it was a lot more relaxed yeah. and groovy. Yeah. Anything goes. I mean, not relaxed, but definitely groovy. Yeah, like um, she also 
I read this one place. I didn't see it anywhere else that she she had ju- she would justify ju- she would make justifications for murder in her lectures, which I just don't see. I mean, that seems really controversial and really like she wouldn't have. And maybe a little preemptive. Maybe a little preemptive. Um, she was ambitious, and despite people liking her, she was occasionally described as satanic. Which is not surprising, no. given our puritanical views and our... Probably because she was talking about homicide and making love. Mm-hmm. Probably because she was talking about making love. And also talking to spirits. And also healing people with their hands. But this was a thing that was... Con- this was accepted. It was accepted to be somebody who was spiritualistic. Yeah, but I mean, all of those things put together... You put all of those things together, like, yeah, okay, so, like, the the talking with the dead, you know, whatever, that's common practice at the time. Well, laying on hands, oh, okay, whatever, but you start adding other things, like the, the free love thing. And it's the, the yeah, free love thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all of those things put together, and you've got, you've got, your, baby, you got yourself a stew going. That, I, I agree with you on that point. Um so I have here that in 1871, the Bender started an inn and store for travelers located blah, 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 blah. Uh, could, be, could not be seen from the door. This is, it was close enough to town to walk for supplies if they needed supplies. That and makes sense. by town, I mean Cherryvale, Kansas. So okay. we're near Cherryvale, Kansas. This is the place that kind of takes credit for them. They've got a sign there. This is, right. this is a historic, this is some historic shit. Like there's actually a sign on, I think there may even be to still be the Osage Trail. Okay. I hope I'm saying that well, right. They're slightly off the Osage Trail on the Warts and Boyles Lane. <laughs> um, but also, Kate could go into town then and she could do her thing. And But they were also far enough away from town where they were free from prying eyes. So they could do their free love and murdering and talking to the dead and laying on hands? That and other things. So the way that it was described um, was that they're in... They call it a tavern, they call it an inn, they call it a shop. Depending on who you read, this is what they call it. That I mean, they're all pretty interchangeable for the time. Yeah. And for, so you could see from their homestead, I'm going to say their homestead, the rooftops of their three neighbors. But okay. that was it. So their neighbors couldn't couldn't see could maybe see their rooftop. But it was a one story, so maybe they couldn't. I don't know. So it was around this time that Locals and authorities started to get word that people who were on the trail, who were taking the trail, was were disappearing. Okay. Um, men who were usually well on their way to their destination or on their way back home or whatever, usually with plenty of money and supplies, so there'd be no reason for them to suddenly starve in the middle of nowhere, um, would not make it to or back from. Right. Um, now, this is a time period, this is why I talked to you about what Kansas was like at the time mm-hmm. because Kansas wasn't safe. It was right. a pretty bloody place. There were yeah. road agents, there were highwaymen, there were Indians, there were crazed people, there were angry Southerners it was, and angry Northerners. It was still. the frontier. It, it was, was frontier. It wasn't a, safe. generally a dangerous place. I mean, there's like uh, all of the things that you said. And then there's also like wildlife, like wolves yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. Like, like just because like you have all the supplies you need to get to and fro doesn't mean that you're going to survive. It just means that, you know, you're better off. You're not going to die from like exposure or anything. You're going you're just going to die from like Indians or wolves or bandits or something. And maybe. that's and I think that the thing is is I think what there's an expected amount of that happening, but what was happening at this time was that there was an above average amount of it. Okay. So, 
it was it didn't really raise any red flags at first it was just you know whatever it wasn't anybody anyone knew so it wasn't like they were really keeping track just right. every once in a while they somebody would receive a letter hey you know j- my my brother or my husband or my cousin didn't end up where they were supposed to end up every know. once in a while the uh, somebody from town would be like hey there's an awful lot more people disappearing this month than last month <laughs> So during this time, though, um, their bodies were found. So there was a Mr. Jones who was found in the Drum Creek in May 1871. His throat had been slit and he had blunt force trauma to the back of his head. Similarly, two unknown men were found on the prairie after a blizzard in 1872. They oh, they bring this up like like a couple of guys who were found in a blizzard is weird. Okay. I mean, it feels like you would die in a blizzard more more easily than you would die any other time. But That's I, true, yeah. I assume that they brought this up because I assume that the men didn't just die from being cold. I think that they probably found them with blunt force trauma in their Weird. throats. This like. guy's head is completely severed from his body. Hmm. Oh, he must have died from the blizzard. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Kate, of course. He got, he got so cold his head popped off. <laughs> that would be the worst way to die, I feel like. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I'm really cold. Oh. Why do I feel a weird pressure on my nose? Oh! <laughs> so Kate, of course, uh, w- attempted to help by, you know, attempting to contact the dead and do spiritualistic stuff. And But, of course, it never came to anything because she was lying because it wasn't real. But <laughs> that, however, may likely be because it was actually Kate and her family who were the real reason no one had seen these men. Murdering Kate. So this is how it would go. Kate was charming, charismatic, beautiful. And she would, she was the center of this. She ran the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that she ran the show. I, th- I think she was the face of the show. Okay. And so she would go to town or she would go up on the trail or she would stand outside because people were riding by and they'd see the grocery sign and she would say, oh, you, you want to eat? And Grocery come. sign plus hot lady equals business. Business. Um, so she would kind of scout out these guys and determine whether or not they may have something. So nice wagon, nice, you know, clothing. Gee, mister, that sure is a nice wagon you got there. Yeah, maybe she tussled with them a little bit to feel their money bag. I don't. I mean, I'm not being. I'm not being innuendo-y there. I'm. Their literal coin purse. Their actual coin purse to see if they had any money in there. So she would. She would kind of flirt around and kind of see. And then, of course, she would invite them to dinner. Now, this didn't happen. What I'm about to say is didn't happen with everybody. I think that they fed people and let people stay there, and then the people went moved on, and they were fine. But they tended to be people who were. Could only afford one night. They or... just hit their high value targets. Yeah. So that's a good way of saying it. Um, so she would invite them to dinner and she would sit the person. So so the table was butted up against, not quite butted up against, but it there the table was around in the center of the of the building, of the room. Okay. And one of the seats backed up to the sheet. Okay. That separated front from back. Right, right, right. The uh, the separating from the uh, public space from the private space. Yes. The uh, feng shui the curtain. The feng shui curtain, yes. In this case, feng shui is uh, stand-in for murder. Murder curtain, yep. It's the murder curtain. So, it... I feel like we just found the name of this episode. Murder curtain? Murder curtain. I think that's the... <laughs> People will actually probably know what it is immediately. This is a very famous story. Um, So, 
they would she would essentially say it was the place of honor and mm. they would seat them there and then she would flirt and they would have conversation and they would eat their food and then at some point during oh no that's not my husband that's my brother <laughs> don't mind that he just came up and grabbed my breast it was that's nothing that's normal brother and sister behavior. Oh, no, no. Don't mind him. He just grabbed that big knife so that he could go back in our bedroom and, uh, you know, slaughter a pig or something. <laughs> so sometime during dinner, John Sr. or June or John Jr. would come out from behind the curtain. I don't think they actually did this. I think I said I wrote this down, but I shouldn't have said that. I think they just hit him through the curtain. I think they just took they took a hammer and they bashed the guy in the back of the head. Do you, do you think they fought over who had who got to do it, or do you think I they, do. do you think they drew straws or something? I I don't know. Maybe they just determined who was up to it that day. It's like, oh, I'm just not feeling it just today. Not, I'm just not feeling like, my strength. Man, I had to unload all of those potatoes today. You do it, Dad. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm not feeling it today, Junior. I feel like based on his size, probably Pa did more most of it. He's a big motherfucker. Like yeah, sounds like it. He get some swaying in there. Um. So they would whack the whack the guests in the back in the head with the hammer, and then one of the women would slit their throats. I personally think it went something differently, though. I think what happened is they banged him on the head, and this is this is a speculatory thing. And then they opened up the, and then they scrambled and they 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 would strip the body of valuables. Right. And then they would open the cellar door, slit the throat. Okay. So that the blood wouldn't get all over the all over the place, right? And then they'd push the body into the cellar. Gotcha. So no, no matter what, this body is ending up in the cellar. Okay. Um, but I think that it it makes more sense to ransack the body then slit the throat than it does to slit the throat then ransack the body. Right. Because what if they have nice clothing? Right. You know, you don't want to ruin that. Yeah. So then later on in the evening, or maybe it was prepped beforehand, they would be buried in the backyard. Or they would be buried in the orchard. The orchard. The the splattering yeah. of trees. The very the very meticulously planted <laughs> orchard of apple trees. Um, sorry, it's just so funny. So I think the, so that's so imagine that. So guy comes in, mm-hmm. he gets whacked on the back of the head. They he falls to the ground. They take everything they possibly can take from him. Then they open up a cellar door, slit his throat, push him in. Okay. Gotcha. So most of their victims were men of wealth with. Like I said, they either had been rumored of being wealthy or Kate had proven it to herself by somehow figuring, you know, touching them or looking at what they had in their wagons or whatever. Right. So, unfortunately, occasionally, a man with nothing would be slaughtered. And this is one of those things where it's like, historically, people are like, oh, that means maybe that they enjoyed it, which is possible. Right. And maybe probable because you don't just kill people because you like, because you hate it. You'll go, oh, I really hate that we kill people. If you kill, continually kill people. Right. You kind of like it at some level. But, um, so people say they didn't need an excuse. But at the same time, they were doing, they were also trying to, you know, live. Right. And the only. Well, you know, you, you kill the occasional poor person to A, throw, throw off anybody who would have suspicion about why all of the rich people are getting murdered. But also, you know, sometimes you just need, you know, a meat pie in the middle of the wintertime and <laughs> you're kind of sparse on your resources living There's on no the frontier. There's no indication that they, that they ate anyone. <laughs> but. That, but I like what you said at first because it's possible that they killed poor people in order to throw in case somebody was like, oh, it seems like it's only the wealthy guys. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, actually. Um, unfortunately, one of their victims tricked them on accident. So there was a kid named Henry McKenzie. Okay. And he was he was walking his way across. I was like, 
this man seems insane. So he walked from Indiana to Cherryvale. Okay. And he had an uncle who lived there. And so he, he, but he was like a kid who whenever he got money, he would buy some like nice, some like nice clothing. So mm-hmm. he would, he would ni- buy nice shoes. He'd buy nice trousers. He'd buy nice. He was faking it until he made it. He was faking it he never he made, made it. it. And so when he got to the Bender Inn, he, Kate immediately thought he was wealthy. So she, you know, went through the, all the stuff. She wined and dined him. They smacked him on the back of the head and they went through his stuff and he had nothing. And so... It must have pissed them off because he was, of all of the people that they killed when they found the bodies, his body was severely brutalized. Brutalized. Like they, like she cut things off of him. She stabbed him or he was stabbed like a bunch of, and they didn't stab anybody. They just bonked slit. So the fact that he was stabbed at all means that there was some anger there. Right. Like, fuck you, you asshole. You tricked me. Maybe they wouldn't have killed. Maybe that was like, maybe they wouldn't have killed him if they, you know, maybe she was mad because she was like, no, you know, like, or maybe they were down on their money or something. And they were like, fuck, we thought this guy was going to get us out of our problems or something, you know, I don't know. So, and so that's how it went. The murdering. Sounds like a pretty efficient process. Yes. It's quite efficient. It's almost like slaughtering pigs. Um, So go ahead. I was just thinking something, something German efficiency, something, something. I'm German and I don't take offense to that. Okay. Okay. So, so, and so it went from 1871 to 1873. They went through the motions. How many people did they kill in that time? Uh, end body count that they found on the farm eventually. We're not done. Okay. Is uh, approximately 11. Okay. But I don't know 100%. Yeah. That might, that might include the guys who were found. All right. So, Again, this is, you know, people are noticing that people are disappearing, but they're not really thinking too hard about it, you know? Mm-hmm. This all changed when George Longcore and his daughter showed up at the tavern. Okay. So, I've got a quote from a book. Accounts differ as to how much John, or George Longcore, had with him when he vanished. Some claim that he was carrying as much as 1900 which at the time was like... $1,900? Yeah. Okay. But others say it was as little as $36. Most agree that following the death of his young wife and childbirth, he decided to leave Kansas with their infant girl and return to his parents' home in Iowa. Requiring a suitable vehicle for the trip, Longcore struck a deal with, for a wagon with his friend and family physician, Dr. William York, and set out for Iowa in late February 1873. He and his baby daughter had gotten only as far as Coffeeville when a blizzard hit and the pair took shelter at a home of a neighborly widow. The next morning, feeling the infant was inadequately outfitted for the journey, the woman dressed her in some warmer clothing, hand-me-downs from her own grown children. Apart from their killers, the widow, whose name has been lost to time, was the last known person to see George Longcore and his daughter alive. It was Dr. York himself who discovered Longcore's belongings. He departed from his home near Independence to pay a visit to his brother, Colonel Alexander York, in Fort Scott. Upon his arrival in town, he heard stories of a wagon team that had been abandoned in a nearby wood. The two horses nearly starved. Curious, he went to take a look and was startled to find that it was very—it was the very wagon he had traded to Longhorn a few weeks earlier. Puzzled and more than a little troubled, the doctor continued to, to his brother's place where he stayed until March 9th. Then, riding a fine saddle, riding a fine saddle mare, I don't always understand. This is in quotes, so I don't know that anybody knows what this means. <laughs> a fine saddle. Maybe it was a fine mare with a fine saddle. Or a, a fine mare for riding because it's 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 a good 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 riding horse maybe 
and carrying a substantial sum of money in his wallet, as much as 900, according to some accounts, he started back for independence. About 12, that's where he's from. About 12 miles from Fort Scott, he stopped at the farm of a homesteader named J.C. White to feed and water his horse. Sometime later, he arrived at the home of a farmer named Harvey Burns and asked the distance to the Osage Mission. Osage Mission. Sorry, guys. The last person who recalled seeing Dr. York on his homeward journey was a shopkeeper in Parsons who sold him some cigars on March 10th. The two men chatted briefly and Dr. York, before mounting his roan mare and heading off along the Osage Trail, mentioned that he planned to spend the night at the Bender Inn. He never reached home. So we have two two guys here who are the downfall of the Benders. So we've got George Longcore and his little daughter. So three three people. By the way, uh, $1,900 in that time frame is the is roughly equivalent to about $60,000 now. $60,000. That's fucking crazy. You could buy a really nice car or a really cheap home for the amount of money that he was allegedly carrying on him at the time. Or at the time, buy a lot of cattle when yeah. you find your your place. Yup. So, so we've got three deaths or three people here who are missing that are that are high profile. So we've got George Longcore who probably would have escaped would have gone the way of the other guys. Mm-hmm. If not for the fact that he was good friends with the doctor in Independence. So Dr. York is Independence's doctor. Right. He or one of them. But he's a solid guy. He's got a good family. We're going to find out later that his brother is a very important person. We've it's this is a guy who He's, if he goes missing, people are going to notice. Right. So. It's the problem with uh, with with picking out the uh, the rich targets when you're going to murder people for their money is, you know, those are the people that are going to have the ties to that are going to come back to haunt you. Well, not only is he rich, but he's from the area. Right. So he's it, him going missing is going to affect everybody. Right. Because this is a guy you might send for because he's a better doctor than your local. Right. So if you're, you know, something really bad is going on, you might send for Dr. York because he's got better education. He's got more experience, that kind of thing. So people know this man and he's stopping and he's talking to people. People know who he is. People remember the things that happen. And then when he goes missing, people remember the conversation they have with him because they know the man. And that's why when somebody asks you, hey, are you from the area? You say yes. <laughs> that's a good that's good advice, babe. But so. Especially if you are traveling through, you know, frontier U.S. in the uh, mid-1800s. So. G- good advice for you time travelers yeah. out there. Time travelers, do not stop on the Osage Trail at the Bender Inn. If you've got money and you do, because if you're a time traveler, you're taking back like $1,900, which as we just discovered is $60,000 in that money. Anyway, so, so William York never reaches home. Okay. And because of, and his wife is by all accounts, a nice lady, uh, is concerned. So she, I, I, I think you're understating it a little bit. <laughs> oh, gee, my husband hasn't been home and he's was supposed to be home a week ago. I'm... Oh, what's the word, honey? Uh, concerned. concerned. <laughs> yes, I'm a little concerned that my husband isn't home yet. So she contacts her brother-in-law. Perhaps Dr. I should contact my brother-in-law because I'm concerned. <laughs> so she contacts her brother-in-law, Colonel Alexander York, who is... Ooh, he's a colonel. He's a colonel. Yes. He's, he's, a, he's a lawyer. He's a colonel. Oh, my. And he's like a, he got like a, like a corrupt um, senator or corrupt congressman off 
like he got him kicked out of Congress. So this is a man. So who's this like, is like a crusader. Yeah, this guy is. Yeah. This guy is tenacious. Yeah. He's not. He is not going to give up this shit. Like if he he's decided to look for his brother, he's gonna find his brother. So he immediately starts searching along the trail that is that he's his brother was known to have taken, and he speaks to everyone. People have seen him. This is where we find all the information that people knew. And he stopped at the Bender Tavern because that's where his brother had been, right? And he came across John Jr. John Jr., who is a decently helpful fellow, feller, says, yeah, Dr. York did, a man fitting the description of Dr. York had been at the tavern, but he left after eating or left after, you know, staying the night or whatever. And Bender suggested because he had recently been accosted um by people with guns at some tree along the trail so the colonel says take me hey guys we're the tree on the trail gang <laughs> we're here to rob you and kill you <laughs> so he he so colonel york says you got to take me to this place and so john goes okay sure so he takes him to the place no way i'm not going ni- anywhere near that tree on a trail gang p- place <laughs> They're going to take all my money and kill me <laughs> in a very specific way that has nothing to do with my tavern. Uh, anyway, so when they got there, there was no sign of any wrongdoing, any recent wrongdoing, because it was a lie. And uh, so they went back to the tavern where the colonel asked to speak to Kate, who he had heard occasionally could the help. The spirit of your brother-in-law tells me yeah. the tree on the trail gang totally <laughs> killed him. I think maybe it we... had nothing to do with anybody in this tavern. Ooh. So she, so he asks her to to help him out, and she immediately goes into a trance because it's bullshit. And she soon came out of it claiming that there were too many non-believers there because he was with a party of fifteen guys or something. And he, that the colonel, should she come. immediately uh, expressed her remorse at not being there when he died because she could have laid on hands and healed him, and then he wouldn't have died. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, so uh, she suggests that the colonel comes back the next day to get a just better. Just bring less n- non-believers with you next yeah. time. Like just, just, just you come. Just you. Yeah, just, just you. you. You can sit in our seat of honor, and we'll give do dinner, and then we'll have the seance, yeah. and we'll figure yeah, out yeah, where yeah, your yeah. brother-in-law. Well, the colonel never went back. I promise. The colonel never went back. He was like smart. He was like, I don't, I don't believe in it enough for, for this me to this bitch give a is shit. crazy. I'm out. <laughs> so, um, no, no, I'll totally come back. Bye. So it was a few, like a few days later. Now, okay, now we've got a missing doctor, and so now people, which is a high level of emergency in Frontier, Kansas. That's a huge level of emergency. I mean, if you need to have your limit amputated just, for twenty dollars, we just lost. We just lost thirty percent of the doctors in the Kansas territory. <laughs> this is an emergency, this you guys. This is fucked up. So, so they, so what happens is they, they gather for school board elections, but because apparently that was like really, really important at the time. But what ends up happening is... Well, that... I mean, it's a territory. School board... The school board was probably the most government yeah. that was in the territory probably. at the time. You're probably right. And uh, so... But the meet, meeting quickly began to focus on the fact that... Well, first of all, that Dr. Ford is missing. Ford. I keep saying Ford. Dr. York is missing. And that there are all these other disappearances. And that there must be something going on because it seems like it's the people are never seen after again after Cherryvale. And they were never seen again. So um John Jr. and John Sr. were happened to be at the I'm meeting. sorry, I need to just non sequitur for a, a, a for moment. It. Every time that you say John Jr., 
I immediately think that you're going to say John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And I just want to go, I just want to go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So uh, they happen to be in attendance at this meeting, the, the Johns. The, the Jingleheimer Schmitz. The Jingleheimer Schmitz. And at this meeting, um, a decision was made that they should search every homestead in the area, which makes sense. Right. It's just a natural, like, let's, anybody, you know, let's go, let's search everybody's property. You guys, emergency, one of the single most important people in the territory is missing. We need to do a homestead by homestead search. Because we're really concerned about all these other disappearances that we didn't care about until Dr. York disappeared. Man, talk about gentrification. <laughs> so, Hey guys, the white guy is missing. Let's go look for him. The super important white guy is missing. Um, so, the, so they snuck out. But, and this is, this is what I love about, about what I was reading about this, is that it's government bureaucracy to the max so at this meeting they decide that in four days they're going to have another meeting to make a plan in four days we're going to have a meeting to to decide on a committee to uh to further study the uh investigation thereof wherein other legal terms exactly so it's it's like all the and then like i'm pretty sure at the six years from now we'll actually send an investigator to go look into this yeah like if they if, if if the if the benders had known that this was probably never really going to, I mean, it probably would have happened at some point, but, it, but people weren't really, they weren't really like rushing out to check, to check like ever. And this is how school boards today still exist <laughs> and, and operate. And that's, that's what I, I just think it's so funny because it's bureaucracy. Even then, even in like, like people are missing, people are missing and they're probably dead. And they're like, Oh, we better talk about it in four more, in four days. We, we need a committee. Now. We need to, we need to do a committee and then we'll do, you know, like at we, the committee, we we'll need decide. a committee. You guys, you guys, this is really important. We need a committee like eventually. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, but. I'm pretty sure that the, the, that the benders had snuck out before they had determined that they were going to do a meeting to discuss a meeting to discuss more meetings. Because um, they're like, man, this meeting is bullshit. Let's go. <laughs> well, they were like, we need to get the fuck out of here because we're the reason that these guys. These shit, shit, shit. We got to go yeah. like hide the bodies better. Yeah. So a couple I mean, um, try and find the bodies that are totally <laughs> not on our property that are somewhere slightly near. It's the tree on the trail gang. I swear to God, you guys. <laughs> the tree on the trail gang. So a couple days later, um, outside of Thayer, Kansas, which is like a few miles down the road, I imagine, they find, somebody finds a, a broken down wagon. And my favorite, my favorite detail about this is that it was being guarded by a Scottish terrier. Ooh. I don't know what a Scottish terrier looks like, but I imagine like a Jack Russell terrier for some reason. And it just seems super funny. To I me. think Scottish terriers have like the weird little like Fu Manchu mustache looking thing. Oh, okay. So they're, but they're tiny. Yeah. They're like yippy dogs. They're not yeah. like, they're no, not like, they're not, they're big. not scary yeah. or anything. Yeah, no. It, it, it's like, it's like if you were in like the Kansas territory and you saw a Scottish terrier, it'd be like, fuck did that dog survive this long <laughs> so this this was like a this was like in the paper okay that this wagon was found and they, like people were like headline wagon no. found it was like it was like on the back page of the paper it was it was literally it was the kind of news story that you would expect it to be it what the fuck was the headline on that newspaper then wagon found in woods probably no i mean like if it was on oh. if the wagon found was on like the back page of the paper what the fuck was the headline on the front page? It was probably something to do with like headline local stuff. School board decides they're gonna have a committee in four days. <laughs> 
Headline, sheep has baby. Still searching for the the tree gang? What was it? The tree on a trail gang. Tree on a trail gang. (laughs) Tree on a trail gang still not found. Headline, scientists (laughs) discover that river still flows. So, anyway, so this was in the paper like a for a while. Like every couple of days, there was like more like a different. It, it made its way to the front page at some point that there was this wagon. That, so, about a week, but I I want to say a week, but I don't know if it was a few days. It was this the the following Sunday of all of this. There it was on a Sunday, and a guy was walking to Sunday sing along mass or something. I don't, there was some sort of singing class, like a Sunday school singing class. And on his way past the Bender homestead, uh, entertainment from the mid 1800s. It actually sounds kind of fun. Says you. Yeah, it was probably terrible. But it was the only thing to do, you know? Yeah. Well, Sunday's the day we get to go. We're spoiled by the internet. Yeah. Um, uh, he was walking by the Bender, or he was riding by or whatever, by the Bender homestead, and he realized that it seemed really quiet. And upon looking close, because apparently, I mean, like, I get it must, maybe it had been bustling usually. I don't know. It doesn't seem, they don't seem like a bustling group, but nobody was outside working or anything. But it was Sunday, so I don't know why they would be outside. Yeah, nobody works on Sundays. No, especially then. So upon looking closer, he discovered a live but dehydrated pig. That sucks for that pig. And he, but he let it go and it drank a bunch of water. And then he smelled death. So he went into the barn and found a dead calf. And this was really like something that I, I this is a detail that isn't important, but it kind of goes to to the reaction of the, of the city or of the town. Is that the calf was tied up out of reach of its mother? Who was still alive. Okay. And the mother had been trying to get to the calf to feed it. That's messed up. And her udders, like, blew. I don't know if that means that she just, like, you know, like, because I know that when women are breastfeeding, they tend to, like, if they don't breastfeed in time, they're, they're, they'll leak. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was like that. But because I, I can't imagine that, like, she was physically harmed. Right. You know, it was anything like that. But, well, <laughs> I don't know. But they, I mean, like, they couldn't reach each other. So right. I'm sure it was agony for both of them right you know i mean obviously the the calf died so it was definitely agony for the calf um so he ran this guy ran into town to tell everybody what was going on and people got like livid at the mistreatment of the animals because apparently the the rest of the cows had been like wandering off and they hadn't been being fed people were pissed they were legitimately angry at the mistreatment of these animals i just can't imagine what those people would feel like if they saw modern farming techniques oh i know they'd, they'd be angry uh, one more thing about the wagon. So, in addition to this Scottish terrier, the wagon contained, who was quite violently angry, by the way, that people were trying to get near its, this wagon. I don't know if there were supplies in it. I have no idea. I don't know if he loved the vendor so much that he wanted to... I don't know. It doesn't matter. The, the terrier? The terrier, yeah. So, the wagon contained a sign. A sign. A sign with the word, grow cry on one side and groceries on the other. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, there was a double barrel shotgun with one side loaded. Only one side. Only one side. Okay. I don't know what that means, but that wasn't the thing. So. In in, I don't want to say in my experience because it makes it sound like I'm like super experienced with shotguns. But uh, my impression of that is that uh, I feel like with a double barreled shotgun, when you load it, you're going to load both sides, which means that one side was discharged. And so when they found it and one side was loaded... It means that probably it was they had somebody had discharged the other barrel. I'm Maybe. just saying. 
Okay, so not that that has any bearing on this story whatsoever, but no. but I, I that I, is my like opinion, man. I guess I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood that the wagon that they found was definitely the Bender wagon, and that I wasn't like just bringing up this random wagon for no reason. Right. So yeah, they their wagon was found abandoned in a city nearby. So anyway, I hope they wiped it for fingerprints. And DNA evidence. We weren't even to that yet. Like, literally, we weren't nope. even to that yet. We were about 20 years before that. Yep. Um, and I don't know when it came to the U.S. And, That's just Yeah, I was going to say, and that was not even in the remote regional <laughs> no location. <laughs> so, um, so, after the dude went into town and was like, you guys have to come out and look at this terrible farm situation. The benders are gone and their animals are dying and all this stuff. Word got to um, this guy, Leroy Dick. What a dick. Um, who is either, he's either the mayor of the town, the head of the school board, the justice of the peace, or some other, but he's, no matter what, he's To like, be honest with you, he was probably all of the above. Yeah, of all of us, he was a guy who was, who was responsible for investigating this animal cruelty, and also this, um, just the fact that they disappeared. So he goes out there, and he's immediately, he, it says in, in one of my sources that when he got off of his horse, he was immediately struck by the smell of decomposing human flesh. He'd been in the war. He knew what it smelled like. He said he would never forget that scent. Hashtag never forget. Never forget. Um, but he initially, I mean, on a cursory look, he didn't find anything that would show that there were any dead bodies. Right. So Just, just the smell. Just the, just the smell and he, Maybe in his mind, he's like, oh, maybe that's the smell of dead animal, too. You know, maybe I'm just crazy. You well, know? I mean, like, I feel like different. I feel like like it wouldn't have been noteworthy of him saying that he was in the war and he'd never forget the smell of rotting human flesh if, you know, he was like, well, maybe it's animals because he probably wouldn't have said anything about it. He would have been like, oh, that smells like dead body, dead people. Nah, it's a farm. It's probably dead animals, you know. So he went into the house uh, and he found it abandoned, obviously they weren't there uh he took his time and looked around a little bit and found a few items um three hammers of varying sizes okay some jewelry is this in the inn in the inn in the in the this is where the benders lived and also where the inn was uh he found some jewelry and this is the a combination meat saw and knife which i'm not really sure what that would look like but i bet it's crazy (laughs) and also and everybody talks about this like it's weird or something a german bible that doesn't seem surprising. They really. were German. To, yeah, to be honest with you, that doesn't make that's. Also, Pa Bender was known to be constantly reading the Bible. Also, it's very also scholars of the day found it noteworthy that the house was made of wood. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very. I don't know if there's something about this that people are leaving out. There wasn't anything hidden in the Bible or anything. It's not right. like it was, you know, it was and just this a is, German this Bible. Is, this is way before uh, uh, the whole, like, German xenophobia that happened, like, towards the turn of the century. I mean, so, I'm sure there was some already. Not, I, I, maybe, but it wasn't really, like, prominent, you know? Uh-huh. Like, like, at the time, like, most of the settlers, I think, on the frontier were... Ethnic. So, for some reason, Leroy... I'm going to say Leroy because I don't want it to be like... Leroy Dick. Um, he rode around. I feel like at this point, because he smelled this, I think this is why it's important that he smelled the the rotting human flesh. Because he decided that it was really important that they search the rest of the property. So he went around and he asked for help from um, the, for the following day from uh, a bunch of neighbors. Uh, he requested shovels, teams, um, plows, and men. 
obviously. Uh, about seven men and gra- by by teams, I mean horses and right cattle to pull the plows because they weren't automatic then. Right. So in case people were wondering what I meant by teams. About seven men agreed to do that. And in addition, word was sent to Colonel York. Obviously, because they, they immediately thought these guys must be the ones. There must be something suspicious here. Let's get Colonel, Colonel York here at the very least to help us. He So he sent word to Colonel York. Um, and I read several. This is a, one of those cases that has like really succinct good resources. But some of them say one thing and some of them say another. So... Some of my sources say that Colonel York showed up, and some of my sources say that Colonel York was indisposed with court stuff, so his their other brother, Ed, showed up. But either way, there was a York brother who would be participating in this, this search. So what you're saying is is that there's a potential of there being a New York. Yes, there is a New York in this story. Just wanted to clarify. Thank you. So as the men searched the homestead, they began digging around in the dirt in the cellar. So they Because they immediately thought... This place is shady. So let's kind of poke holes in places and what have you. So they started digging around the the big piece of slab, big slab of rock in the basement. And one of them hit a soft spot. And the soft spot broke open and emitted the kind of odor that, like, clears a room. It was so bad that men were, like, throwing up. They were running out, just holding their faces. It was disgusting. And so they immediately thought... The bodies must be down there. Right. They were like, well, that's clearly not cool. That's clearly, clearly bodies are in that cellar. Clearly this is not good. Hey neighbor, let's dig up the dead bodies. So this is my, one. this is amazing that they did this, but apparently it wasn't that uncommon. So they were convinced that the bodies were underneath the slab in the cellar. And so they moved the fucking house. <laughs> they pried it up. I mean- like, we think about it, and we think about it as, like, some Herculean task, but, like... No, they just pried it up with uh, yeah, poles like, and rails and dragged it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, like, like you think think about, like, like modern architecture versus, like, what, like, 150 years ago architecture, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, yeah, no, like, you can get, like, a mule and some sticks and, like, move a house. Yeah. And it's but like, it's just... that, okay, so, like, like, you immediately you're like, oh, that's a gargantuan undertaking. No, it isn't. Like, dude, you just got to get, like, some, like, muscle behind it, and you're good. But it's still fucking crazy. Like, it is crazy, oh, yeah. They moved the house. Right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> They moved the house. So they moved the house until the cellar was exposed and then they dug it up. And instead of bodies, they found like, you know, they slit the throats in there. Right. So it's just like blood. It's like they bled out in the cellar. Yeah. So it's blood of at least nine guys. Just like gallons and gallons of blood that soaked into that just limestone. soaked in there oh, and into the that. dirt around it. Oh, it's gross. gross. Yeah. It's, That's got to be so bad. Yeah. Ooh. And they put their food down there, I think. Gross. No, they probably didn't because they were killing people down well, there. Obviously, so. yeah. But I bet you every once in a while they did. You know, whatever. We're German. We don't give a shit. <laughs> this is our <laughs> smell chamber. We just we just drain blood into there and then like let all of the smell just accumulate down there. Yeah. And that's why they had the cellar door that goes outside. It was a vent so that they can make the bad smells go away <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> so, um, oh. So I'm I'm like like I have like tickles in my back thinking about how bad that had to was smell. Oh, it was. It just, well, thankfully oh, by the time they gross. figured that out, that 
they had it was open air at that point. Well, so. yeah, but, but still, still, you don't go like, near that point for no, a while. Like, oh, gross! Like, yeah, it's still open air, but I I guarantee you, the first person that went down there, even after it was an open air environment, still like gagged a little oh, bit yeah. and probably threw up, yeah, which did not make the smell better. No, <laughs> so uh, Colonel York or Ed York. Depending on the story. New York or Old York? New York or Old York. No, I'm asking. I don't know. Oh, it's it's one of the Yorks. One of the one of the Yorks. Okay. Um, then discovered um a bridle from his brother's saddle in in the um in the house. Okay. And, as well as his broken spectacles, which would of course apparently by all accounts he was he, his sight was terrible, so he couldn't live without his without I, his glasses. I, I bet I bet the Colonel York made a spectacle out of that. Anyway, so the sight of this evidence... Don't judge me. <laughs> ...upset him, but also they kind of like, at this point, they didn't find bodies in the cellar, so they were just kind of trying to figure out what else to do. So he went up and he sat on his... No body, no crime. He went up and he sat up on his carriage to collect himself and to just kind of like, you know, kind of probably pout a little bit and kind of... Brood. Yeah, and he was looking around because carriages were are hot, were high. Uh-huh. So he was looking around and... He noticed like a triangular, not triangle, a rectangular spot. Okay. Um, and that looked like recently broken up dirt. And he, so he yells across, he yells to the guys, boys, I see a grave. And so the men went to the location of the supposed grave and using an iron ramrod started poking into the, I'm actually showing Adrian what I mean, which is probably. Team funny. ramrod. So he's ram, he's, so he's, they're ramrodding, they're poking an iron ramrod into the ground and then when they pulled the ramrod up a clump of hair came up with it gross yeah this is not a this is a pretty fucking awful sight so the men then started digging and it didn't take long to find a body buried vertically okay into the ground and the truth is is that it surprisingly didn't see it anyway because his feet were almost to the top of the uh, top I mean, they didn't take them long to find him at all because... So they just didn't put much effort into... No, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. No. So <sighs> they found that his head had been bashed and his throat had been slut. I mean, we've already discovered that's our MO. That's right. What, that's what it is. But in one of the books I read, there was an argument about what to do with the body. And they wanted to, like... Because the brothers, or whichever York was there, was like, yeah, that's my brother. They, they, were, they were able to... <laughs> But for some reason, they cut his head off. That's excessive. And I don't understand. I don't get why. I I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why they cut his head off. Especially since he was buried, essentially, head first into the ground. Right. They just got overzealous in the uh, in the uh, throat slitting no, part. No, I mean, like, they, they cut his head off to take it somewhere. That's weird. I didn't, it didn't register with me because I was so mortified by the fact that they cut this man's head off that I just went what and then moved on so i'm sorry that i didn't register that completely but it was really fucked up so further search of the land after this would reveal several more bodies um there's some discussion about whether there were nine or 11 so it's it's one of those things where it's like some sources say nine some sources say 11 i do have a list of people who disappeared and the probable victims of these people so i'm going to list them now so I'm going to skip the first one because it literally says here, not proven as a victim, and it was before they even showed up at the, on the land, so it wasn't them. It's pretty questionable. Um, Mr. Jones, who we talked about earlier, Mr. who was found in Drum Mr. Jones and me. The two unknown men who were found on the prairie after the blizzard. Um, 
Henry McKenzie, who I who I mentioned earlier, the dandy boy, the dandy boy, uh, a man named Den- Ben Brown, who is actually was likely only taken thirty six dollars was likely only taken from him, which is kind of crappy. But also he had a finely matched team of horses. Well, I mean, thirty six dollars is still you know a couple pre- hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, w. F. McCrotty, and they took twenty six hundred off of him. Yeesh. Um. Uh, then there was George Lochner and his daughter. And this is one of the sad things about this. <sighs> the little girl was found in the grave with her father. How, how old? She was 18 months old. Ooh, that's that's not It doesn't get good. better, babe, because they d- there was no physical signs of trauma. So they, like, buried her alive, maybe? That's the speculation was. That's there. not cool. But also it's possible. Not cool, Benders. Yeah. Not cool. So... But it, also, it's possible because they didn't have the kind of science they have now mm-hmm. that possibly they smothered her to death. Which is, I mean, either way, that, it's I not mean, great. I mean, it sucks. But but like, if you smothered her to death, that's a little bit. At better least she than... wasn't buried on her dead father, right? You know, screaming and hope. You know, like right, grasping for air, gasping for air for I don't know an hour or something. Who knows how long? But yeah, I I agree. That's so. that's that's messed up and. At least if she was smothered, that's a little less messed up, but still messed up. Anyway, so um, then there was a young man named Johnny Boyle who was found in their well. And... Well, that just that's just bad because, like, I mean, why would you put somebody in your well? That's just tainting the water. I know. I don't get it. And then John, a man named John Greary who had about $2,000 on him. Um, oh, yeah. So 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 basically what what I'm getting from this is that like they were like hella rich. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um there or in a little bit. Um there was also speculation that there was an unknown female and, undo- and an unidentified man who were also found, but there was definitely an unidentified man, but I don't know about the unknown female and then there's also some discussion about the fact that there may have been several dismembered parts of several victims. So this could have been worse than it was. It's also possible that it wasn't as bad as what's shown here. No matter what, if you kill as many people as they killed, it's not good. Right. So uh, so the community, because they're human, immediately lashed out against anyone who was friendly with the Benders. There was a guy uh, named Rudolf Brockma, Brockman, who was the owner of the trading post that they stopped by on the way in. Mm. He had been um, courting Kate. And so people were immediately so angry with him that they strung him up but they strung him up and then let him down and then strung him up and then let him down and then strung him up and then let him down trying to get some sort of confession out of him or just to fuck with him and then eventually they stopped and he ran off well wouldn't you yeah Uh, yeah obviously (laughs) there was a couple other families that had been you know they were basically ostracized after this happened because they had been friendly with the with the benders right it's a bunch of it's community bullshit it's right. you know when mob when, mentality when when ma when a kid kill shoots up a school the parents get treated like they're pariahs for a while or mm-hmm. the friends of the kid are treated like they're criminals you know that sort of thing right so, so of course the news hit the papers because why wouldn't it fucked up shit i mean it, this was national news in the 1870s like this wasn't this wasn't a thing where it was like oh kansas made it made the papers in kansas it made the papers everywhere so right. but it was still on the back page in the kansas papers <laughs> But because they were busy talking about school board elections on the front page, 
<laughs> but here's the thing is that we often think that the world today is very macabre, that we're all kind of obsessed with the with true crime and people really well, like... Well, I mean, you know, we do have a podcast I'm, about it. I'm not saying we're not, but in those days, people were just as obsessed. People immediately began to swarm what would be what would come to be known as Hell's Half Mile and take away souvenirs to the point where people took pieces of the house... People took so many pieces of the house. There's no more house. They took the whole fucking house. It's crazy. In in modern times, we would call that an Instagrammable location. (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, There was... I read something where one woman was said to have collected three curls from the from the little girl's hair, but she made like some sort of tribute to her. So it was it was gross, but it was also like a, a lot of people did that then. They made like rings and put dead people's hairs and mm-hmm. hair in it and stuff. Yep. So it's not nearly as bad. as She had like, a whole Etsy business about it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, people would come and claim there was the unidentified man was never identified, but people would come and try to claim him. Oh, that's my brother. And I want like, my money. They had they put him like they put like. They dug him up like five times. Like, leave the poor sucker alone, you know? But they were trying, you know, they were trying to get fame. They were trying to yeah. get money. They were trying to get something out of it, you know? So, and of course, of course, people started to come out of the woodwork saying that they'd been almost victims of the benders. Right. You know, like, there was a there was a guy who said that he'd... he'd I got hit on the head, but I didn't pass out. No, so they totally let me go. It wasn't even quite, it wasn't even that. It was, it was like... One young man refused to sit near the curtain where he ate at where they wanted him to at the tavern because he thought it was gross. He thought it was it was dirty. This is actually this actually sound, doesn't sound totally off right. to me. Um, Kate became annoyed with him and she started like threatening him and he like, he like I totally would have been a victim except for I told him I was poor. <laughs> but like then she like they got in an argument and then he just left and then he's like oh I was almost a victim of them like ah, maybe you were we don't I, know like. I, and I had I had two thousand dollars on me, and I stayed there. But I told them I only had two dollars, and they got really mad at me. And they said, "You got to sleep on the floor with the pig that's gonna die." <laughs> so, and also the like the Cherryvale pastor, or like a pastor within the area, he came by the Bender place for dinner, and he noticed that the men were like men. The men and Kate were like whispering in a corner or something, and he. Well, I mean, he didn't have anything to worry about. He was protected by God. Oh, that's what he claims, by the way. I, I, um, I'm not surprised at all. But he saw them like messing, the men messing around with tools and stuff, and he got nervous, so he left. And he was like, oh, God saved me that day. But I don't... Jesus whispered in my ear, and he said, Ron, you motherfucker. <laughs> but here's the thing. They wouldn't have killed William York if William York hadn't come into their, their inn and asked about george longcore right that's why york got killed yeah he didn't get killed for maybe he did maybe they took his money because he had it right he was asking questions Uh uh-huh and because he was asking questions and possibly saw something or felt a weird thing that's why they killed him they didn't kill him because he was they they were very fastidious in the in the fact that they didn't kill people who were they're just tying up loose ends yeah but unfortunately, that's what got him caught because their loose end was a well-known guy. They're not going to kill the pastor who's got no money right. and isn't going to affect them and, and, and will bring heat down on them. Yep. Like this is, it, it annoys me over and over again when, you, when I see this speculation because I'm like, everything you've said to this point tells me that the vendors were well-organized and smart. 
they it wasn't killing for the sake of killing. It was killing because th- it was profitable. It was profitable, and, and it may have been for the sake of killing, but it was pro- profit yeah, first. They, they, yeah, they, t- they, 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 they were focused on the profit aspect of also, it, and not the let's dance around in their gore. Kind yeah, of thing. and they didn't they they didn't stick around long enough to even give anybody the chance to 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 suspect them. They left immediately when there was a chance that somebody might catch them. Right. So they they knew to, when to go. They didn't stick around longer. They didn't go, oh, let's do one more. They were like, we need to get the fuck out of here. We're about to get caught. We're burned. We're out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, they, so similarly, besides these dudes, there was a couple of women who claimed to have been um, almost killed. Uh, there was some, The scenarios sound not at all like the regular M.O., of the benders the women would say said things like the men were being shady and they got nervous it was sounded very more like maybe the men were gonna rape them than it sounded like they were gonna kill them see at 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 this point like and again this is me looking at it from a modern perspective into history and i'm saying you know you can't trust anybody who came out and said oh i was almost a victim as after the fact that that this became a thing because Every single one of those people is looking for fame. They're fame seekers yep. and they're just coming up and they're saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're trying to match their story as best they can to what has been disseminated through the news. And so you have people coming out that are saying, oh, well, I almost got murdered. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was the pastor in the area and God saved me from being murdered by them because they were totally going to do it. No, they weren't. Oh, I'm a woman and I was totally going to get raped and murdered. No, you weren't. You're just saying that so that you can get some some notoriety. Well, maybe they were going to get raped and murdered. We don't know. We don't know. But there, but, it but, seems but to me the that, is, that like, their victim dis- their victim was usually a traveling man. Yeah. It wasn't usually a, no, a it, nice it, like, young lady who yeah, was dropping by for dinner. It has nothing to do with, with anything except for how much money do you have? And in there were it seems like there were rare cases where they thought that the person had money and they didn't and they got mad about it. And they are like, oh, you didn't have any money? Well, fuck you. We're going to stab the crap out of your body because you're already dead. I wonder if the ones who didn't have money had figured out what was going on. You know, they said something to make the family think that they understood what was like. They were scared. Right. Like they were like, oh, I'm about to get fucking murdered. Right. And then the, or or like, hey, why do you have that curtain there? And why does it kind of smell like blood in here? Mm hmm. I'm nervous, and then they. But then they were like, "Oh no, no, it's fine." This is this is why I'm, I'm well, saying this is like a horror movie because I feel like there were some people who were like, "Oh, it's not. It's a little. It's a little creepy in here." And they're like, "Oh no, it's fine. Sit down by the curtain, you know." And then, bam, they get killed just because they may know something, even if right. they don't. Well, well, I I feel like because I'm I'm thinking about like like at the time like social status was the most important thing in in that time you say you know? that what you mean though is is that it was if you were not socially if you didn't have social status you were nobody yeah so like, like it if, wasn't it wasn't important like you people weren't seeking it as a way to like well i'm i'm, I'm just saying like like because like social social status was social status was the most important thing you know so being you know the socially acceptable like social class like the being socially acceptable, you know, was the big thing. And with that usually came money. And so if you were traveling, if you could like portray yourself, especially if you're like moving from like, say you're like in New York and you're like some bum on the street, basically. And you're like, Oh, I'm going to go make my, my fortune out on the frontier. And you head out to the frontier, you're making yourself into a new person. So you portray yourself as being like, 
you know, a social class that you are nowhere near. So you're just like, like the young man who, yeah. So you're like, Oh, yeah. I'm a dandy. You know, every penny that I have, I spend on buying myself new clothes so that I look the part. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you show up to this place and you're like, yeah, no, I'm totally, you know, the cream of the crop yeah. social class, blah, blah, blah. And, and so then, and then they, and they show up and, and it's like, Oh, well, how much money do you have? Oh, I've got so much money. Oh, I'm so rich. I'm so blah, 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 I'm so proper. Look at me. And they're like, oh, this guy seems legit. And they murder him. And then they turn out his pockets and he ain't got shit. And they're like, oh, fuck this motherfucker. And they just stab the crap out of him. I also wonder, there is an element of of people have said that maybe um, Kate uh, seduced these guys. Okay, yeah. And so maybe um, she felt like when she seduced them, if they had money, it was worth it. But then she was seduced by the one guy, and then he ended up being poor, and well, she was. That's why she, he was so violently. And that's that's where yeah. one of the things I was thinking about was like if she's seducing them, well, of course they're gonna fucking conflate their oh yeah social status. Oh no, I'm so important. I can take you away from here. You know that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm Henry Farty Pants from the Connecticut Farty Pants. Don't you know my family? We're so important. We're I so have so much money. And she's like, yeah, yeah, all right. This guy's a total target. Let's fucking murder him. And then it's like, oh, this guy doesn't have shit. Fuck. And I fucked him, so yeah. now I've got to... God damn it. Destroy. And I, I feel like the implication was that his penis is cut off that was something that i i kind of gathered from the sources that by severely mutilated they didn't yeah. mean just mean severe severely mutilated is a polite way of saying his balls got cut yeah. off yeah <laughs> he was physically castrated <laughs> post-mortem so now we have to get into the search okay because yes because because my big question is where the did they go yeah exactly so now the benders where them benders so the benders had at least a week start Obviously. On everybody because they didn't even know they were gone for a while. And then. Because they were smart and they said, oh shit, we out. Yeah. So we know for sure that they got to at least uh, Thayer, which is about, which is a few miles away. Okay. And they, their, everything went to shit. Their wagon went to shit. And then we know they got on. This this is back in the day when you could go 20 miles away from where you committed a crime and basically be a new person. (laughs) So there was, okay. So this is. This is when we get into speculation because despite the fact that I'm about to tell you about the search, the bender, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, the benders were never found. Spoiler alert. Jeez. Yeah, sorry. Um, but there's a lot of, but they may have been found. It's okay. one of those like, did, were they these people or were they not these people sort of thing? So uh, one train ticket agent said that a family of four Germans, two men and two women, got on his train a few days before the bodies were discovered. Germans on the frontier must have been the benders. <laughs> they were heading for Humboldt. I'm assuming these are all in Kansas, so give me give me some leeway here. I'm not 100% sure if Humboldt is in Kansas or somewhere else. So we're and once they got to home, Humboldt, it was it was likely that they split off into pairs, and this is what I wrote. According to witnesses who would probably not have noticed such a not at all uncommon thing prior to there being any news of them being murderers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You don't notice people. You don't. You didn't yeah, notice. Yeah, I, I totally saw four Germans get off of the train, and then they split off into pairs, and then, then went, went their merry way. Okay. 
Really? That was like three weeks ago. You remember specifically? Yeah, no, I totally days? remember all of the details of it. I am 100% accurate on this. Did and you hear you them talk? totally rely on this. Did you hear them talk? Oh, yeah, totally. When were they speaking? Uh, uh, it was a really thick German accent. All of them? Yeah, all of them. Oh, all four of them. All four? Yeah, all four of them. Oh, even the girl? Yeah, even the girl. They were all just really ridiculous German accents. Okay. I could totally tell. All right, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Anyway. Could, are you going to put my name in the newspaper? No. All of the newspapers? No. Come on. Just a little bit? No. Like, uh, just on the back page? No. Sorry. However, <laughs> this was Leroy Dick following this trail, by the way. What a dick. We love Leroy Dick. Um, he ended up following the trail, um, and he actually, it turned out that the, el- that, okay, here's the thing, is that it probably was the Benders. Okay. Despite despite the total bullshit that, oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the ticket agent definitely remembered that because maybe he doesn't see German people very often, but definitely like all the other, bull- everybody else's bullshit. But however, they followed the trail and it turns out that John Bender and his wife, John Bender Sr. and his wife did stop at his sister's house in Humboldt around that time. And she was like, it was crazy because I hadn't seen him in 20 years. So this wasn't, I mean, unless she's lying. Right. Which could I be. Mean, yeah. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary. It wouldn't be crazy, but. Right. But it seems but unlikely. But at the same that time, like, they're like just. I just out. saw my brother for the first time in twenty years. It was fucking weird. Right. Like that would stand out. Yeah. Like I believe her. Yeah. You know, like so. So then it was said then that the cu- the the younger couple had gone to Vinita or Vinita V I N I T A. Okay. Oklahoma, and that after a couple of weeks, the older benders left Humboldt and met the kids in Vinita. Okay where they were supposedly headed to what was then an outlaw colony on the outskirts of New Mexico, of the New Mexico and Texan border. And this outlaw, which makes sense, you would go to a place because this is a place that police don't feel comfortable at. Right. They, the, they were saying, they said in many of my sources that the colony was pretty intense. Like police would go in and be surprised if they came out. Like it wasn't safe for anyone. Um, Unfortunately, because this was not a U.S. territory, or this wasn't, this was a U.S. territory, but it wasn't really U.S. in U.S. jurisdiction, so nobody did anything. Right. They were like, oh. Well, like, I mean, that's how, how the U.S. territories existed. It, yeah. Is like, it was, did they, yeah, no, you're totally part of the U.S. Uh, you want enforcement? Nah, we're good. So the people, people were like, you need to go in and get these people. They killed a bunch of people in the United States, and they were like. And the U.S. Marshals are like. Nah, we're good. Yeah, and that's nothing was ever done. Right. So, other stories. Okay, I really like this story because I feel this is where the money is going to come in. Um, I feel like this this is a pretty not crazy thing that I I don't think that this happened, but I think that the people who came up with it aren't stupid. There were lots of deathbed confessions at some point. <laughs> Those are the most reliable. They are. They really are. They really, really I'm, are. Yeah. They're really not. Oh, no. I mean, not at all. No. The, people, everyone wants to take credit for something, you know? So a bunch of guys throughout the country's history in the time period that this would have mattered told their families that the Benders were killed in a cornfield, which and the fact that they keep talking about cornfields is why I'm like... If this did happen, I'm not surprised. Well, that, if it was a cornfield, then obviously it was in Indiana. I have no idea where they would have found them. Like, they don't tell us where it was. They just say they found them in a cornfield and they shot them all down. Mm-hmm. So apparently they found that they, they chased them into a cornfield, 
There was a shootout of some sort. All the benders were killed. And then the vigilante group searched the benders and found like $50,000, which I looked up at some point. I think it was like $500,000 now or $200,000 now. It was like, or oh no, no, I'm sorry. It was like $8 million. It was in the millions of dollars range. They were carrying this fifty thousand dollars on them. What what year was this? This was uh, probably eighteen seventy three. Eighteen seventy. Oh, it doesn't go back that far. So. Uh, my oh, yours does. does? Yeah. Nice. Hold I got on. the nineteen thirteen one. Fifty thousand dollars in uh, eighteen seventy three money is, damn it, it's scientific notation. So hang on a second. Uh, it's one point oh three uh, times ten to the sixth. So uh, one, it's like it's like just over a million dollars. So it's like a million dollars. So they yeah. were carrying like a million dollars on just, them. Just on them. Just, just, just on in them. their pockets. Just on them. Yeah, it's fine. And so the men decided that they would bury the bodies. And this is why I'm like, yeah, this this is what I would do. Even because the like the the reward money was like $2,000 for all four. So they were like, why turn them in? Right. Why don't we just bury the bodies and then live off this million dollars? We can right. all split up this million dollars between yeah, us. Yeah, because you know you know that if they had, had turned them in and been like, oh, yeah, we totally shot them. Oh, yeah, how about all that money that was on them? Yep, that's ours. We're confiscating exactly. it. No, so it. No, we never found them. I swear to God. We did not find them in a cornfield in southern Indiana or bury them at all. I swear to God. <laughs> Also, I'm going to go buy myself a house and like 17,000 cattle. Uh, where did I get the money? Um, you know, I just, I found I it. I made I, it. I found some gold. Yeah, stock market. That's oh, not a just... thing yet, but I totally made all my money on the stock market. But another story that um, this is, I was, I was kind of, I was going to try to leave it out, but I think it's kind of, it's one of those weird stories where it's like everyone knows, except for you, because you've never seen Little House on the Prairie, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Um, they had lived in Kansas for a short time or for a long time. I don't really know, but they lived kind of, they'd taken the Osage Trail. They lived sort of in this, they, Pa Wilder had been to, or Pa Ingalls had been to um, the Bender homestead a couple of times, passing through, buying things, whatever. And Laura Ingalls, when she was older, said that her father had said to her once that no one will ever find the Benders. In the way, in a way that was like he was part of a vigilante group that killed them. Spoiler alert: Pa Ingalls was John Bender Sr. I don't think so. I mean, they Laura Ingalls was born before that and all that stuff, so he wasn't. That you know of. But just, but then it was found out that like somebody discovered that they were weren't living even in the area at the time when the Benders committed these crimes, or when they it was discovered and all this stuff, and it's just like. It was it was disproven, but it was just like and people were like, was it just that she was old and misremembering, or was did was she just did her dad tell her some bullshit that she remembered from you know right. when she was young, which is probably what happened or whatever. Well, but, I mean, like to be honest with you, you think about like if you're a little kid and you hear this you know boogeyman story about you know these people that are like preying on people, like I feel like the best possible thing you can do for your kid is be like, oh no. They're never going to come. You'd never have to worry about them. Like, yeah. And that's probably and what so, it was. And like, so it's not like, yeah, it's not like, it's not like it, you never have to worry about them. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, I totally murdered them. It's like, it's like, honey, you never have to worry about them because we don't live anywhere near where they yeah. were doing their stuff. And also they're probably dead regardless of what anybody says. Or no one will ever find them because no one will ever find them. Yeah. 
They're, um, they're, they're not just going to come into our house in the middle of the night just because we're random assholes that live on the frontier and yeah, murder us. Exactly. So this one is, I, this is a, because there was a trial and I don't buy that this was Ma Bender and Kate Bender, but this was, this is a pretty crazy, somebody grasping at straws, hoping that they could connect themselves to a famous group of people, I think. So what it was is this woman, Frances McCann was a Kentucky resident who had been adopted as a child or she lived in an orphanage. She, as an adult, she lived next door to this woman who they had a friendly relationship with. They would do laundry together and they were friendly and clever and nice to each other. One day she goes to this woman and she says, Hey, I had this really crazy dream that a man was hit on the head and his throat was slashed in my dream. It was it was really upsetting to me. I didn't care for it. And then the woman... No, sir. I don't like it. Yeah. And I wouldn't either. I mean, if you have a dream like that, you tell hey. your friend about it. Like, you're like, oh my God, it fucked up dream last hey, night. Hey, I had a dream last night where some guy got his head bashed in and then he got his throat slit. It made me really horny. <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. Exactly. So it upset her. So she told her about it. And then... And she had told her before about the orphanage where she'd grown up. And, and then this the neighbor got really weird... And a few days later, told McCann that her dream was actually a memory and that she had been the she had been a child. She had seen this and that basically her mother was the daughter of Ma Bender Mm. and that Ma Bender had killed her father and that Ma Bender now was living in Michigan Mm. and her name was Elmira Griffith. Mm. This is where the Elmira comes from, I think. Um, Soon after. It makes me think of the... um... Oak Ridge Boys song, the Elmira, Elmira song. Elmira, my heart's on fire. Elmira. I'm glad you got that reference. I think that they were the first people I ever saw in concert. Nice. Because they good. Thank you, Mom. My God, they're... Old country is good music. If you agree or disagree with us, let us know on, on Twitter, at Into the Basement on Twitter. Hit us up. So, soon after... This neighbor tells Miss Frances McCann this. She moves. She moves back to Michigan because and takes out, and takes the name Elmira Griffin. No, dun, dun, dun. it turns out that she is supposedly Kate Bender, Ooh. and she's moving back to her mother. Ooh. So McCann visits several times, and every time she visits, she becomes more convinced that her former neighbor and that her uh, this woman are Ma and Kate Bender, and that. Well, I mean, the fact that that when something came up that even remotely like linked her to possibly being a bender, she bounced is a good indication because that's kind of their M.O. It's like, oh, we're found out. We out. We're done. See, that would make sense in a normal situation, except for what happens later. So she goes to a place where her mother is and that her sisters are apparently and that all of this. She goes where the mother is. She doesn't go somewhere else. She goes to where the mother is. Mm -hmm. And so this Francis McCann takes all this information to the police. The police jump on it because they want to solve the Bender case. It's, by the way, this is in Jackson. Michigan? Yeah. Okay. So I just want to, because we have friends who are from Michigan. Also, that's where the big penitentiary is in Uh, Michigan. There you go. Um, So she, they get arrested they take pictures of Ma and Kate. They send them to Leroy Dick, who by this point doesn't even live in Cherryvale anymore. He's in a different place. He says, oh my God, that's definitely Ma Bender and Kate. 
Um, he comes out, he kind of investigates. He's like, oh yeah, that's definitely them. Um, and then they get, when they get arrested, they start acting like crazy women. So they start saying that the, the mother, Elmira, is saying that her daughter is Kate and Kate's saying that her mother is Kate. <laughs> so, and they, they, they it's sling Kate. accusations at each other. Kate's all the way down. Yeah. They sling accusations at each other. Or it's, what is w- it? Would you say it's an abundance of Catherine's? Catherine's. I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they they start saying that the other one was like abusing them. That one tried to kill the other one. It's all this like crazy psycho shit that they scream at each other. They they blame each other for this. They blame each other for that. It's all this like really like histrionic bullshit. And there's not one sign. Nobody says Elmira has a super duper extreme German accent. Nobody, anything like that. It's it's all this like speculation. They have a trial in Michigan that basically goes nowhere. And then they ship them off to Kansas to be looked at by the people of Cherryvale who have- Remember them. Who remember them. About half the people say that's definitely them. I mean, we're talking, this is this is uh, the 1880s. The late 1880s. So okay. we're talking almost 20 years later. Okay. So everybody's like, yeah, that's that. Six people say that's them. Seven people say that's not them. Leroy Dick is convinced it's them. Everyone knows that eyewitness accounts are 100% accurate, too. Right. Yeah. Um, they, And then uh, at some point, the judge lets them out. Because, there's, first of all, there's no evidence of the sum. Except for all those people slinging accusations at each other. Right. It's there's There's been a... There was a marriage certificate from Jackson, Michigan that had been issued in 1872 for Elmira Griffith and a Mr. James. And then there are other reports that state that they were in jail on unrelated charges around the time that this was all happening in Michigan. Okay. So these women, while vastly insane and probably not nice, good women, probably committed murders, probably were violently angry women... Most likely, we're not Ma and Kate Bender. Or they were consummate con people. Which could be, because that's kind of their MO. But at the same time, I feel like... we talked about this earlier in this podcast, that when somebody suspected them, they fucking left. Mm-hmm. And while you said, well, she, she moved from Kentucky as soon as somebody convinced her, but that was after she told her she was a bender. Right. Like, she told someone she was a bender, mm-hmm. went somewhere and then kind of brought this woman into their lives almost as a oh let's let's fix let's make it make me a bender let's make her think she's a bender right. and then she, like they're all kind of like it, they're feeding into it just to make to make themselves famous it's again right. it's a fame thing yep. more than anything well, I, I mean think. like like i did say you know that they were con that they might be consummate con people in a very deadpan way, but I was like legitimately joking because like, there's no way like that takes, that takes like, like current Hollywood levels of like, like plot weaving in order to get, you know, all of the things to work out kind of thing. That's like some Kaiser Soze kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's... There's, there's no way that, that anyone would actually be that cognizant even today to be able to weave a web in in such a way that that there's just like oh yeah no people say that we look like them but oh look we were totally in jail in Michigan during that time you guys well and this is another thing that i that comes up 
Ma Ben, we're talking about the we're talking about the 1800s. Right. People don't live. Ma was Ma Bender was like approximately 50 years old in 1870. Okay. You think she lived another 19 fucking years? I mean, she might. She might have, but it seems unlikely. Right. Kate, it seems to me that if they split, they would continually split man and woman, man and woman. Right. They wouldn't split daughter and mother, daughter and mother. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me in any way. And in, in addition to that, they weren't stupid. They were good at social mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being so at social organ. They were good at social skills. Yeah. Well, Kate was at least Ma yeah, Bender well, didn't want anybody around her. She'd be like, fuck off. Right. Kate would have never, ever admitted to be Kate Bender. Well, the, the two key factors that go into that was, was that Kate was, was, was very social. She was very adept at existing in the society. And also, yep. again, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but she was like, like when they found, they got the, the slightest whiff that they were out outed as being the murderers. They ran. They ran. Like they these hit. are, these are very, very grounded attributes of, of somebody. And so, so. Not if, indicative of people who scream at each other in a courtroom. Yeah. So you got two people, you got one person who's like, oh, maybe you're a bender. Oh, I'm totally a bender. Bye. And like leaves and goes to her mom. And then they're like, oh no, you're Kate Bender. No, you're Kate Bender. No, you're Kate Bender. No, you're Kate Bender. Oh, we got caught. Let's go to Kansas and we're going to yell in the courtroom at each other. That, that sounds like different people. Exactly. It sounds like different people. And I and even if we're talking 17 years later, if you can't be around a person who you can't, if you can't be around a person that much, mm-hmm. and you're Kate Bender and Ma Bender and any of the other Benders, you split. Uh-huh. You don't. Well, you don't stay together and scream at each other ever. Yet again, in that situation where you feel like you're busted, and you you're gonna bounce. Yeah. So you're just going to like get up and walk away and you're not going to be like, oh, oh yeah, no, that thing that you said, that's totally sounds like a thing that I did like 10 years ago. Hey guys, or no, 20 you years ago. You wouldn't say anything. You go, yeah, holy you crap, go, that's fucking crazy. Y- your dreams are weird. Or uh, you'd be like, I'm a spiritualist. Yeah. I like, can help you talk to oh, figure man. that out. Oh man, your dreams sound really weird. Oh, and coincidentally, um, I'm leaving forever. Bye. And you never come back. And then it's like, well, that was weird. And I totally don't feel like I need to go to the cops for any reason whatsoever. Exactly. Well, that's the thing is that Frances McCann well, be- I, believed to the end of her days that they were, that because they were her family, she attached herself. She was like, oh, they're my family. I'm, a, I'm related to the Benders. And it's like, honey, you wanted to be attached to the Benders. You right. wanted, to, we're still well, talking about you 150 years later, but you wanted this. What, what my point was is that, that when you do that, when you have that ingrained in your mentality of, of being, of being like, like, oh, we should bounce. That's not something that goes away. That's not something that you're just like, oh, well, I'm old now and I forgot that I should just bounce when somebody says something. And you never tell anybody who you you are. You're immediately going to go, oh, somebody is catching on to things. Now we got to bounce. Let's go. It's it's a very fucking weird. We're in in Michigan. Uh, We need to bounce to Canada. Oh, look, new set of laws. We're good. Yeah, it's... And and it's also... that one drives me crazy, but it also makes me laugh because I it's right. one of those things where it's like, I know why these women decided that this was what they were going to do and say. They wanted publicity. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's elevate this case. Yeah. 
and maybe even Leroy Dick was kind of like, let's keep this in the press because, well, yeah, he, wanted, because he really wanted to solve he, the case. He, he, well, also he had fallen out of, I don't want to say he'd fallen out of favor, but he'd fallen out of the, you know, the spotlight. I don't know that he was ever in the spotlight, to be honest. Well, I mean, he was attached to the case and that was yeah. in the spotlight. So like now he can be like, oh no, these are totally the women. Look at me. Let's have some fucking newspaper interviews. Yeah, exactly. So I'll totally take the back page. Now, <laughs> now these weren't the, that, but Despite the fact that it didn't pan out for, it didn't pan out for Francis McCann, but people didn't get discouraged by that. So there was, even as late as 1912, so we're talking another 20 years. Right. People are claiming to know what happened to the Benders. Of course they are. There was a man in LA who claimed that his next door neighbor admitted to him that she was Kate Bender. She was an elderly woman, and occasionally they'd be chit-chatting, and he she go, "Yeah, I'm Kate Bender," and then she, but he didn't come come out until after she died. So I think maybe that one has a little credence, but also the guy was waited till she died so he could so nobody could refute what, right. she, what he said. But then there was also like in Mich- like in Wisconsin or Michigan or something, a homeless man who was hanging about. Did who, he claim that he was Kate Bender? Who people thought was Pa Bender okay. because he matched his physical description. I have black eyes and a big bushy beard. Like, yeah, he's homeless. He's most homeless people have big bushy beards. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I mean what it comes down to is that the benders were never found. And because of that, when people are never found, the case becomes infamous. Mm-hmm. And because of the infamy of this case, there is a plaque dedicated to serial killers in Kansas. There is a Bender Museum, and there are people who are still, myself included to this day, interested in this case because it's so crazy and so fucked up that you can't not want to know more about it. Right. And also, if you think about it in a horror movie standpoint, how fucking good would this horror movie be? You know, there's a built-in fucking story. Mm -hmm. People are dying. Dude shows up, he gets killed, and then somebody else comes looking for him. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's my horror story for October. Excellent. Excellent story. Thank you. This is a great one. So we've got to tell you guys about our social media. So yep, follow we have us to. at Into the Basement on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Into the Basement Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can email us at the the host the, the basement, basement hosts. hosts at gmail.com um, for anything you want. Uh, if you want to just tell, drop us a line and tell us we're great, or if you just want to, you know. Tell us we suck. Tell us we suck, or t- or give us story ideas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely open to that. Yeah. Um, I really like the old ones, so if you guys have any really good old stories. I like the old ones, too. Um, and also, please, if you're up to it, please rate and review us five stars. Five stars, please. On uh, uh, Apple Podcasts slash... Uh, iTunes. iTunes. Or anywhere you listen to us. I'm not against that, but if Apple Apple Podcasts and iTunes give us a rating. I so I don't think a lot of other places do actual ratings, but whatever. I don't think they matter in other yeah. places, whereas iTunes and matter. Yeah. So uh 
thank you for listening to us. We absolutely love that you, we have had a few more, we've had a, we've had a few reviews, which have been lovely. Um, and we love you guys. And we, if you want to keep listening to us, please do. And we will keep making these podcasts. Cause I mean, we really like doing them. Let's be honest. We, we do this because we like doing it, but really we like doing this because we like you guys. And so yeah. the more, the more, that we hear that you guys like what we're doing, the more... The more pumped we're going to be to do them. Exactly. And the more often we might be able to do them. So, and thank you again for listening to us every month. And I hope you have a wonderful Halloween. Happy Halloween, you guys. Bye.